Right here. How's it going? Hey, man. How are you? Good. Sweet, man. Sorry for the delay. My uh, Skype was just being a hooker. That's no, no problem, man. Alrighty. Give me just a sec. Alright. Get ready! Get ready! This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And we got a And welcome to the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Brad the Bruiser, Icorn, and Alex Jones. It's hard to believe it, but the NFL season is upon us here as the Buffalo Bills kick off the 2017 campaign hosting the New York Jets from New Era Field coming at 1 o'clock this Sunday. So uh, it's been a lot of buildup as it is every year, but here we are another season. And you know what? I, I, I think that we're going to ban the phrase, you know, tanking or rebuilding or anything on that show. Let's just focus on one game at a time and uh, try to enjoy some success when they have it on the field. Yeah, and you know, in all honesty, I think uh, tanking and everything like that is just, I, I, I mean, it's probably realistic, but it's just no fun if you know the season's already over. Like, it's honestly no fun if you're already, you've already said basically, uh, it's over. We're done. Like it, it, it's been, it's, it, it's no fun. So I, I think we come into this game and if we pick up a few wins, the fans will definitely jump back on board. Agreed. And it's uh it's going to be tough sledding this season because I don't think that this season holds a very favorable schedule for this unit. Um, but I, I don't think all needs to be lost, but you know, I would say, Rebuilding is probably a lot kinder than tanking. I wouldn't say they're completely tanking. You know, if they were tanking, I don't think they would have gone out and, you know, you know, demanded a player like Jordan Matthews, who is no Sammy Watkins by no stretch, but I think someone that who can still compete. Um, Tyrod Taylor, you know, this is his make-or-break year. You know, we thought last year, you know, would be a big impact. This is it for him as far as I'm concerned, uh, at least with this franchise that, I really think that he needs to have a good year this year. So there's a lot on the line. And like you said, it's absolutely no fun to think about tanking. I I don't live in New York, so I have to pay for NFL Sunday ticket to be able to watch the Bills. And I pay too much money to uh, AT&T and DirecTV every month to consider that uh, this team is tanking. You know, I'll watch it on the field. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll wait and I'll reserve judgment the best I can here. But uh, all in all, I, I would say that I'm excited for this season because it's another season of Buffalo Bills football, win or lose. That's the thing is that I, I think that we get, you know, tanking for basketball or tanking for, you know, any other hockey or baseball is something that's a little more prevalent just because you can, you know, you have, you don't have only 16 games. And so I think that, um, you know, I just don't think that it's going to be in the realm of possibility. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they'll definitely try to move towards a more like, you know, an easily disposable lineup or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I just don't think it's possible that they're willing to sell the farm completely. And they haven't made those moves. You know, there's a lot of moves they could have made to to start that process. Yeah, they could have, you know, found a way to dump 
Marcel Darius's contract or let Kyle Williams go right off in the sunset with another team. There's a variety of moves, like you said. It's not what they've made so far, but it's moves that they, they haven't made that you wouldn't think that they're completely invested here. I definitely think that they are making some positive changes for the future. And, you know, we've talked Sammy Watkins on this podcast before, and I'll just say it. I, I think, uh, you know, when they d- declined to pick up that fifth-year option, that shown their reluctance on a future with Sammy Watkins. And, you know, whether it be this year or next year, I, I would not expect Sammy Watkins to have re-signed with the Bills unless they came at him really hard because I don't think uh, the way his health had stood up, he was going to be worth the kind of money that he would probably be demanding. He's a tremendous talent. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the way his health has gone, he just been, hasn't been, you know, putting it up on the field, to be honest. Yeah, and, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next year in free agency um, with him because let's say he does have a good year. I wonder if there's a pen- – I mean, there's probably very little to no possibility he'd want to come back to Buffalo. But, you know, if – Could. You know, if, if he feels like this is going to be a place, you know, a destination to be, then maybe, you know, they do make a chance. Maybe they do make a play to get him. Um, it, it'll just be interesting to see what happens with all of that. Interested to see this year, too, if, you know, let's say Tyrod gets hurt or just isn't playing well, do we see the Nate Peterman show? Because, you know, I feel like it's not quite, not even close to the Dak Prescott-esque summer we had last year where everyone was ready to crown him before the season started. And, you know, rightfully so, everybody was right. But I feel like Bills fans are jumping the gun a little bit with him. I think he could be potential. But uh, ultimately, I still think with how deep this quarterback draft is, even if you have an investment in Nate Peterman, you go out and you draft someone and maybe, you know, use Nate Peterman, you know, like a bridge, which is a lot to demand from a second-year player right now. But I think it's too much too soon on the Peterman bandwagon. Um, yeah, I, I think that's very uh, – I, I don't think they use him as a bridge. If, let's say, Tyrod gets hurt and comes out and plays extremely well or they see something in him they really like, then I could see them – you know, maybe foregoing a quarterback in the first round. Let's say their picks are 12 and 20. Um, and, you know, with 12 and 20, you could trade, you, you use those to trade up into the first and get one of the top flight quarterbacks. Or you could sit back and draft two really good skill players that may have bumped down a few spots and then use a second round or a third round pick on a quarterback because there's a few guys who will be in that area of drafting second and third round that may be the next Derek Carr, that may be a guy who, you know, develops, plays pretty well, and can sort of become uh, the Derek Carr of this class. Yeah, I could see that happening as well. Um, But I could also see that, you know, they have the luxury, you know, two picks in the first, second, and third round. They could move up pretty far. I mean, they could trade two firsts and a third or two firsts and a second. Uh, you know, without having to give up picks for 2019. So I think that, uh, you know, the ball's in their court. They've done some really, really smart moves because, you know, like we said, Watkins was an expiring contract here. Uh, you know, Darby, I think he only had, what, one more year after this year on his rookie deal. So, uh, you know, I, I don't fault them for making some of those moves. The more puzzling move this week was Jonathan Williams, who everyone thought had a pretty good preseason to be the two-back, who ends up getting cut and McDermott went out and said it was special teams related, uh, where if you can't play on special teams as a two-back, then uh, I, I guess I can understand the move here. Uh, I was thrown off guard by 
the cut, but I wouldn't say I was completely opposed to it. I think they were pretty much invested, Mike Tolbert, being the two-back this year. Uh, yeah, and I think also um, special teams McDermott's, McDermott puts a lot of emphasis on being able to do multiple roles in, in, in a scheme. Um, he put a lot of time and effort and a lot of money into guys that can do multiple things. Micah Hyde is the biggest one. Multiple guy. He can play cornerback. He can play safety. And so I think that McDermott said basically like, listen, we can't get, we're not going to get value out of this position unless we get somebody who can do multiple things. And Jonathan Williams just hasn't done that. Um, so, you know, it makes more sense to put Barn, Barn, Barnard and, um, um, oh, what's his, um, Tolbert and DeMarco keep at running yes. back. And that way you have guys who can sort of do multiple things there. And the thing that everyone's been the worries about, and it really got cemented when they traded Sammy Watkins away as a wide receiver where it really was Sammy Watkins and the rest of the bunch here. And now Jordan Matthews and, and the rest of the bunch this year. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I think we're going to see more ground oriented team. I think, uh, you know, we've seen big running seasons out of Tyrod Taylor. I think he could push 600 yards this year in a Denison type offense. Yeah, and I, I mean, McDermott also said today he's not he's not afraid to have Shady run a touch to play every single snap this year. Um, he said he's not going to be afraid to have Shady do that. So I, I think there's a lot of things going on where um, I, I think this offense. Also, I think that we're going to be po- focusing on. Um, not a ton of huge plays, but a ton of chunk plays. So you get 10, 15 yards at a time, and you just chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away until you're in the end zone. And I think Zay Jones and uh, Jordan Matthews will both be very good at that. Yep, and I'm, I'm excited for Zay Jones. Um, it's on my wife's Christmas present list this year because uh, her Ronald Darby jersey is no longer valid, I guess. So uh, I already told her, and she agreed. Uh, that she wants a Zay Jones jersey. So we'll see. And, uh, you know, luckily December's a couple months away, so I have a couple months to assess. But just based on everything we've seen, you know, with the combine, uh, you know, with what he's done in training camp and uh, in preseason here, I, I expect that uh, Zay Jones will be a powerful impact for a very um, depleted Bills receiving core. And it's funny, I, it's, it's strange to use the word depleted uh, before the season hasn't even started because, you know, usually injuries are going to go ahead and those will deplete your roster. But we haven't even started the season. We're already dropping the D word. Yeah, I think that um, also it'll be, you know, something interesting to see what happens um, with some maybe maybe picking up other guys off rosters who get dropped off, um, or if there's any practice squad moves. Um, so it, I'll it, I'll pass judgment on a receiving core in like let's say week four, week five, we'll revisit it. Um, and also let's see what they can do. You know, this receiving core there's not a ton known about them. We've got a bunch of guys who played you know sort of tertiary roles or rookies. Um, with Jordan Matthews being the main guy, and he was mainly used as a slot receiver. So it'll be interesting to see how we use our receivers and um, sort of, I don't say what kind of depth they're used at, but what, what routes we're running, what routes Dennison favors for this offense. And I would expect we're going to see a lot out of the tight ends this year. Um, between Nick O'Leary and, of course, Charles Clay, 
um, that I think between those two guys, I, I think we're going to see a lot more tight end play this year that they'll contribute to the receiving core as well. Yeah, and I, I think they will take up a large portion of um, the touches. Um, I just think um, because if you look at what Denver did uh, with Julius Thomas and with uh, a couple other guys who did very well, um, I, I, I think also LaShawn McCoy and Tolbert and DeMarco will get some receiving touches as well out of the backfield on play-action fakes. Um, DeMarco's got very good hands. Tolbert's got pretty good hands. Um, and Shady's got pretty good hands. So it, it'll be fun to see what actually ends up happening with um, all with all of our guys in the receiving court and then who ends up getting touches. At this time, we'll pause for a little bit of Buffalo Bills shout, get you hyped up for the season, and then we'll break down the Jets and the Bills coming up on Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central from New Era Field in Orchard Park, New York. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast on buffalodown.com. He could go all the way. Touchdown! 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 The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say you will. Shout it right now, baby. Say you will. Come on, come on. Say Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Okay, guys, where else would you rather be? This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. All right, we are just a couple days away here from kickoff. The New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Week one of the NFL season coming up from New Era Field. And um, I don't know about you, I've been a Bills fan my whole life here, Alex, and I still get goosebumps uh, when I hear the shout song. And especially, you know, you've, you've been a season ticket holder for a couple of years now. Um, I've only been to New Era Field once, and I got goosebumps every single time I heard and, you know, vocally participated in the shout song that, uh, you know, all this talk of tanking, all this talk of rebuilding, Hearing that song has absolutely lifted my spirits. Yeah, you know, Brent, I'm really excited that the Bills, um, that uh, they open against the Jets, you know, because there could have been some other opponents. And the thing is, the Bills are highly favored. I personally think they should be able to come in and do pretty well. And it's just getting ready, you know, seeing all this stuff around getting ready, thinking about the preparations, hearing everybody talk about what they're going to be doing on Sunday. It just makes it feel like, all you know, with everything that's happening, everything that's going on, it just makes you feel, you know, sort of uh, 
sort of just takes you back and takes your mind off everything. And that's what I love about sports is that you're you're sort of just, you know, taken someplace else. You don't have to think about anything. You're just with a group of Bills fans having a great time watching their favorite team play. What time will you be uh, making the trip up to uh, Orchard Park? I normally leave here about 6 a.m. I'm going to uh, meet up with some friends I know from the Buffalo area. So I'm hoping to meet up with them uh, around 9, 9.30-ish, uh, and then get into the game by 11, 12. There you go. Bill's Jets coming up here from New Era Field, and, you know, there's been a lot of concern about the uh, the Bills this offseason, but I wouldn't even say there's any concern with the Jets. It's just like, hey, white flag, we give up before the season even starts. Uh, just start with Josh McCown being named their starting quarterback, um, I just went through. He's played for 10 different NFL teams plus one season uh, with the uh, Edmund Eskimos. So, uh, yeah, this is your starting quarterback starting the year. Um, if that doesn't say, yeah, we don't really care, then I don't know what does. I know normally Josh McCown is like the white flag of, you know what, we're done. Like that's honestly a team, if he's your starter, it's just like, yep, no, we're done. And, we're done. We'll just uh, take a high draft pick. Sure. Please. And it's not like he's a bad quarterback, but he's not a starting quarterback. He's, he's a great backup. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, isn't – if I'm incorrect I – I think I'm correct in this. The last two teams Josh McCown started for had the first overall pick in the following draft. He started for Tampa Bay over uh, Glennon. And they had that first pick the following year. That's when they picked Jameis Winston. And then he started for the Browns last year, and they got the first pick, getting Miles Garrett. And it, I, it wasn't immediately after, but he did start for the Detroit Lions, who uh, you know had a number one pick. I don't think he was on the season they went 0 16, but uh, they did have a first round pick overall that uh, took Matt Stafford. But yeah, he's uh. So, so maybe Josh McCown is. You're going to get a first-round quarterback next. He should be known as the first-round quarterback next year. Yeah, um, he, he's an omen. He's a sign of uh, you're going to get a quarterback first overall. Yeah, <laughs> I really like hoping it. hoping that's not true because I don't want the Jets to get the uh, – I want the Jets to go like 4-12, and 12, just like outside the top five so they have to give up something to jump up and get a quarterback. I'd like to remind listeners at this time that I have been a satellite Bills fan my whole life. I've never lived in New York State or close enough to go to Bills games on a regular basis. I was five hours away in Detroit. Now I'm all the way down here in Texas. But, you know, I've been a diehard fan my whole life. So I have to ask questions to folks who, you know, actually make it to uh, what was Rich and Ralph and now New Era Field. Who are the worst fans that you encounter at New Era? They're the drunk college kids who only came there because the tickets were super cheap. Okay, well, what what teams fans should I say? What visiting teams uh, fans are teams, the worst? I mean, Patriots fans are the worst just because they're so cocky right now. They completely, for I mean, a lot of them are Patriots fans since 2001 because if they remembered the 90s where the Bills crushed the Patriots for a solid almost a decade. Yeah, and the Patriots um, were terrible for a good chunk of that decade too until yeah. Parcells. Um, and then um, trying to think of some other fans who were pretty obnoxious. Vikings fans were pretty obnoxious. Um, they, they, were, they weren't great. Uh, 
some really nice Packers fans were fan like very nice. Oh very yeah, blue collar team and similar weather and stuff. I would think yeah. so. And they were very knowledgeable. A lot of them were a lot of you know fans who were very smart on what's going on. The worst was at a Patriots game. There was a guy wearing a Denver Broncos Peyton Manning jersey, rooting for the Patriots. And when a Bills fan confronted him, like, dude, you're at the wrong game. Like, and he's like, no, 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 I'm a Patriots fan, but I root for Peyton Manning. And it's like, no, that's that's not that's not kosher. That's like saying when uh, Roger Clemens pitched for the Red Sox, I'm a Yankees fan, but I root for Roger Clemens. The worst, actually, I like to change my answer. The worst fans are the ones who wear off-team jerseys. If your team's not involved in the game, don't wear a jersey. That's it. How about Jets fans? Tell me a little bit about Jet fans. Um, they're, they they try to be obnoxious, uh, but we just get to crush their spirit all the time, and it's pretty fun. Um, the the one game, so the one since I've been a season ticket holder, we've knocked them out of the playoffs, uh, and then we had the Thursday night game, which I didn't see a single Jets fan there. It was literally wall to wall Bills fans, um, which was insane. It was uh, the guy who I. I got to know the guy who has the season ticket behind me and we were both saying this is the most bills filled the stadium had ever been awesome um last year yeah for the color rush um but jets fans aren't terrible normally they're kind of in the same spot the bills fans are they're you know they haven't made playoffs in quite a while they got a quarterback carousel so we can sort of be like hey you know what we we're kind of our teams are kind of at the same spot misery loves company dolphin fans similar Dolphin fans are the worst. Okay, okay, like, I can agree. At least, like, all right, so Patriots fans, I hate them, but they have a reason to be cocky. They have maybe one of the best coaches of all time, maybe one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and some of the best defenses in history in the past 10 years. They have a reason to be cocky. Dolphins fans are cocky with no reason to be. Like, none at all. They'll taunt you about our four Super Bowls, and we're like, yeah, you've only made, what, two? And you're, you lost one because your quarterback didn't know which way the ball went. Your Hall of Fame quarterback did not know how to hold the ball. So it, it, it's just, I, I they, they're bad, but the, I keep my answer. The worst fans in the NFL are the ones who wear a non-team jersey, like not a team involved in the game, to the game and are like, just, just talking smack because they're wearing a Saints jersey. Those people are literally the worst. Talking about Dolphin fans here, uh, my uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law live in Miami, and my brother-in-law is one of the most obnoxious Dolphins fans I've met in person, and, and, and this testifies to it that they played the Bills, they beat the Bills, and, you know, it was, I think, the year we went 4-12, and 12, and he sends us a, a freaking condolence card. <laughs> I was like, you freaking a-hole. So, yeah, I hate the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins fans are cocky about nothing. Like, honestly, they have Tannehill, who isn't really a franchise quarterback. He's decent, but he's not a franchise. And it's just, I I, I just think it's crazy that they're cocky because they basically just have what the Bills have. And I would like to quote one of the Let's Go Bill raps where uh, one of the lyrics is, uh, Hey, uh, Miami, your uniforms look like the 90s threw up. Because it is. I mean, even today, they've never really changed their colors. 
They have the most 90s looking colors I've ever seen. Yeah, they really do like the all the pale green, the coral green, the orange and the white. Yeah. It's their jersey, it's not like even the Steelers jersey. Like Steelers their jersey fits the yellow, the black and the white, the yeah. color on one side. You know, the logo that works perfect. Actually, you know what? No, Dolphins colors work pretty good for them. Soft, softer than a baby poo. <laughs> Light green, orange, and white. Or I've also heard it described like an old lady's couch. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see like, what, 20 of the jerseys in the stadium because there's 50 people at their games. All right. Well, let's get into our predictions here with Bill's Jets. Um... I don't even want to throw a score prediction. I'll just say the Bills are going to win, and that's about it. Yeah, I think the Bills are going to win. Apparently, they're like they're they're huge favorites in this um, betting odds. Oh yeah, and I I uh, play uh, a weekly you know um, you know suicide pick or knockout pick here, and I was like I'm getting my Bills pick in early, so I'm I'm picking the Bills. Uh, to go ahead and I don't have to pick them the rest of the year here but uh, I think that this is one of the games on their schedule that's definitely a W we'll see how this game goes it almost feels like a preseason game and I you know I hate to sound cocky I'm not trying to here but it almost has that allure since the Jets are just going to be so bad this year I know I just think I I think that this team's going to be a lot grittier than people think they are and I think we're going to squeak out a few tough games I think this team is going to be a team you don't want to play. A tough, mean defense and a ground game that's going to punish you with two big fullbacks who are just going to pound people to death. So I think it's a real possibility that this team could squeak out a few wins where people don't think there's going to be. Just because they're going to run into a few teams like Buzzsaws, they could catch a team on an off week. Um, I think McDermott wants to build that sort of nasty, grinding team. All right. Do you want to do, throw in a score prediction? Um, I think it's going to be 33-14. 33-14. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Buffalo Bills uh, Buffalo Down podcast. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the BuffaloDown.com podcast, part of the Fan Sided Sports Network, an R Street Media production.